Hello and welcome to the Closed Captions Podcast. Today we'll be talking about Django Unchained. I'm Sam. And I'm Casper. Um, Django Unchained is a movie by Quentin Tarantino, and I'll quickly read... Wait, 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 wait. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> okay, so, um, before the Civil War, Django, played by Jamie Foxx, a slave, finds himself accompanying an unorthodox German bounty hunter named Dr. King Schultz, played by Christopher Waltz, on a mission to capture the vicious Brittle Brothers. The mission, successful, Schultz frees Django, and together they hunt the South's most wanted criminals. Their travels take them to the infamous plantation of Shady Calvin Candy, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, where Django's long-lost wife played by Kerry Washington, is still a slave. Yeah. Yep. Um, right, so should we start from the beginning? Because I love the, like, starting scene. Yes. Oh, actually, your rating. You should probably... What oh, yes. Yes, our ratings. Um, okay, I think I'll go for a 8.5 out of 10. It's, it's okay. highly rated. I'll give it a solid 9 out of 10. A solid nine out of ten. Yeah, I love this movie. Yeah. Really enjoyed watching it. It was long as fuck, but still like watched throughout it without like thinking about it being but long. It's two hours and forty five minutes, so yeah. Yeah. And I mean it's a it's a drama, right? Well it's kind of a western but mostly a yeah, drama. It's... Yeah, it's both of yeah. them, right? And like I normally don't watch those kind of movies, but this one, this one's like, it's a bit like country songs by rappers, you know. Everyone loves country <laughs> songs by rappers, but no one loves country songs by themselves. <laughs> true, like, no true. One, like I don't enjoy Western dramas, but I I enjoy Western dramas by Quentin Tarantino. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> make me watch this. Yeah. Um. What about so okay. the beginning? Uh huh. Um. Yeah, you were saying. You gave your rating, but you didn't really give us like your your reasoning here. I I kind of loved everything about it. I actually cannot think of any criticism right now, which is. Weird, because then I should have given it a 10 out of 10. But I guess it just didn't blow me away that much. All right. Like, well, nothing's um, perfect. Nothing's perfect. All right, you want to start with the beginning? Yes. Can, can we, can we get, yes, we're at the beginning. Um, first of all, I so I watched this movie before we decided on doing this movie for our podcast but like it wasn't long like the the time between me watching the movie and us deciding to do this for our podcast wasn't long enough for me to watch it again so i don't really have like notes on it so i don't remember it like super well so i'd forgotten where the movie started right but then like once i remember this scene i realized how much like I actually enjoyed the scene when it first played because I was like, oh, hell yeah, that scene, I loved it. Because, yeah. 
like in the beginning you're like oh this is gonna be like a sad scene there are slaves like on a march you know being pulled with like shackles on and stuff and then this and then christoph waltz who like nailed his character by the way shows yeah up. definitely yeah yeah shows up with this like weird british german american accent and like starts talking in this like really articulate english and like it's it's just the funniest shit to me when people talk in that accent yeah and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just blows their heads off it was hilarious for me yeah the beginning is also interesting just because like okay there's this old guy and then mm-hmm. there's these two guys on horses but afterwards you realize like that old guy christopher Valls, he was like always in fear like he had so much more power than them like he wasn't scared a bit when they um i don't know pointed a gun at him or something oh but yeah at the beginning as in like a viewer you didn't know what was going to happen there but he's just like totally cool just talks around and then just shoots them yeah you and see like the reasons big ass... why he shot him uh-huh and then like you see the big ass like tooth on top of his like <laughs> what do you call that his cart his whatever right wagon his wagon yeah like you see the big ass tooth and you're like yeah he's just here to like buy the slave and he doesn't have like any like fighting experience of his own because like that's what i assumed when i first started watching and then the motherfucker just like blows like the horse's head off also the gore you know this movie's worth watching just for the gore Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> it's 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 a thing. He can he can just do it, right? Yeah. He's just good at explosions. doing that. Yeah. Cause like some people are like, oh no, this gore, I can't look at it. It's not like disgusting type of gore. It's funny type of gore. The kind of stuff he does. Yeah, it makes you know the I mean? yeah. violent scenes comedic. Yeah, yeah, cause it's like, no way a bullet would just like blow a horse like through the middle just like blow it up <laughs> right yeah it's just the exaggeration of the explosion is what makes it funny for me and also like the beginning as you said with like the slaves and so on it's super serious mm-hmm. um, and it's like wide shots beautiful landscape them walking and then it's like the night and it's just like such a change of mood because christopher Valls makes it into such a comedy just starts yeah, yeah. talking like he explains to the one guy why he shot the other guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was hilarious. Also, the is this a threat? You know, like when when the when he points a gun at him, he's like, "Is this a threat?" Just to make sure that like all the slaves that are in shackles hear him. Yeah. And then he shoots him. That was that was on point. Like he's smart about what he does. Yeah, yeah, if we took, like, Christoph Waltz's character, right, if he was, like, a real person, that is exactly what he would do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The character is, like... Oh, yeah? No, the character is? He's, like, very consistent throughout, except the ending, which I'll talk about later, though. Yeah, but I'd even argue that that was also consistent with his character. But we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later, yep. So then what I love as the next scene is like um, them walking into the city and all of the other people being like shocked because the um, uh, Jamie Foxx 
where Django was driving. I mean, not driving, riding, riding a horse, <laughs> uh-huh. horse through the city. Just plugs the steering wheel into car. the horse. <laughs> exactly, and he, like the whole town was not used to it. It was such a beautiful like um, contrast. Yeah. Or... Because and then also, yeah, you like saw how Christoph Waltz was like com- completely normal for him to pick up Django and put him on a horse. Yeah. Even even when like they're walking through and everyone's shocked, he's like, "What's what's wrong?" Right. Yeah. He doesn't know. He doesn't think that Jamie Fox is inferior to him. But technically, he should know that why the other people are looking because he is a bounty hunter in the U.S. I guess if he stayed more north, then he wouldn't know why. But if he yeah. was in the south as well, he should have been used to this. But then I also like the scene, you know, when in the bar and then mm-hmm. um, he just shoots the sheriff. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, just yeah. wondering, okay, why would he do that? Yeah, because it's like from the beginning, he's like, oh, he's calm, he's calculated. He only kills like when he's sure it's not his fault. And then he just shoots the motherfucker and you're like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, that but his character is basically like he loves to push everything as far as he can without yeah. really anything happening to him like he loves to go as far as he literally can just to shoot the sheriff have the whole town waiting with guns outside and then (laughs) he can just explain it (laughs) and walk away yeah and also i like love that every time he kills someone he's like man i'll reach into my pocket and show you like the warrant Right, like that line is completely consistent as if like he does that every time. <laughs> like he's he like always finds a way to make the killing dramatic and then like show the warrant and like have someone witness it so he can like show off the warrant. Yeah, but that almost made me wonder sometimes if he faked some of the warrants just to um Oh yeah, like like a security or something to just uh-huh. do what he wants. Yeah, like all the way till the end, I I was constantly thinking like he's going to double cross Jamie Foxx or he's going to fake a warrant and kill the wrong guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like the scene with like, you know, killing the dude on a farm with his kid right there. That made me seriously suspicious of him. But, you know, apparently he wasn't going to double cross anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except maybe Man. himself. <laughs> More on that later. <laughs> <laughs> then, do you know when like Django chooses his first outfit and they go to the farm? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, there's like one scene where the um, uh, one of the girls there asks him, "So you're really a free man?" And he says, "Yes." So you choose yeah, yeah. to walk around like this. <laughs> <laughs> that was so that was such such a like you know undercut yeah because because like you you don't think that she's insulting him right because like it looks like she's just actually curious as to what's what's happening mm. and then you realize that she's just roasted the shit out of him yeah exactly uh-huh yeah, and then actually he's such a badass uh, character because he's, I mean, he just 
kills the other guys without waiting for like Christopher Waltz further instructions or something like that. Like although oh, yeah, yeah. he's really new to this game basically. Mm-hmm. And Christoph Waltz even says like he's a natural. You know when yeah. he like takes his first shot, you realize that like Django is like a good shot and he doesn't care about who he kills, kinda. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. Can we quickly wait again? There's so much in the mm-hmm. background. Oh well. Okay. Um. We were saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we were at Christopher. Christoph Waltz says he's a natural. I always get confused. Is it Christopher or Christoph? I just call him Christopher. <laughs> I, let me I don't Google know. This. Oh, it's Christoph think... Waltz. It's Christoph oh. Waltz. Yep. Yeah. True. Speaking of Christoph uh, Waltz, his performance was like amazing in the movie. I think he got like, yeah, he got the Academy Award for the best supporting role. Yeah, but I what? I almost thought, like, obviously he's not the main character, mm-hmm. but I, it's, it is, like, two main characters in this movie. Yeah, 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 it's like, it's a gang of two, but apparently he got it for a supporting role. Okay, yeah. But Leonardo DiCaprio, he was, like, the main villain, and then we had to have, like, the main villain's main conflict, which was Christoph Waltz. I think that's what confused us. Because yes. His fight wasn't with Django himself. It was, like, through Christoph Waltz, which was, I guess it makes sense because, you know, it shows how white men talk between each other, even if it's a conflict conflict between a white man and another white man's slave, kind of. Mm-hmm. Well, not directly because it's, like, Django is a free man, but, like, still, the white men, like, had a conflict between each other over the black man because white men didn't talk to black men like i think that was shown pretty well too and i think that is the only reason why we think christoph waltz is also a main character other than that i think he is a supporting character i just thought he was the main character because he basically has as much screen time as uh, django and he leads django throughout lots of the um movie and obviously it's called Django but yeah. Django Unchained but still mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense story I, revolves yeah. around Django more but still true actually at the beginning I thought he was going to double cross him because um so you know when they finish their first contract they kill the three brothers and yeah. then he's like yeah you know what how about you work with me for a little more and mm-hmm. we'll go get what your wife. Like, if he actually cared about his wife, why didn't they go instantly? But instead, they like worked a little more, I guess. 
True, but I guess also just to gain experience and all of that. Because you said in Mississippi it was not very easy. Yeah. But let's guess... talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that scene with the um, uh, with the white hoods. Uh huh. That so... scene was so funny. Because I guess and it's I'll... supposed to be like kind of the setup of the KKK. Yeah. Or just like hooded clans in general. And and they just can't see through their hoods. And it's like, it's not like a short scene. I mean, obviously it's a short scene in the movie. But like the conversation mm-hmm. about the hood goes on for like literally five minutes or something. Yeah. And just talking about, okay, I think we can all agree. The hoods were a nice idea, but it could have been made better. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. I also... The dude, uh, Jonah Hill, the dude from 21 Jump Street, or Moneyball, I think you'd know him for Moneyball instead, or do you know him for both? Uh, I don't know, War Dogs. <laughs> War Dogs, yeah. So like, whenever the dude shows up, I'm just like, yeah, comedy's about to start, and I just can't take him seriously. That kind of like, spoiled it for me, that like, comedy's about to start, you know? Like, I haven't seen him in too many serious roles true wolf yeah, of yes. wall street as well but yeah yeah and then i was like yeah he's just gonna like say something funny or something but it wasn't him that was like the comedy the comedy was the fact that they were like working hard on fucking like talking about their hoods and trying not to offend this one guy whose wife so together the hoods yeah yeah yeah, but yeah, wasn't yeah. it that guy from the plantation who wanted to take revenge? Uh, no, it was the guy from the sheriff's town. Remember the sheriff he just randomly shot? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I said it, it was, was the guy. marshal. Yeah. Oh, that's where I know him from. Okay, because I recognized the face, but I wasn't sure from where. But oh. yeah. Yeah. And then it also just shows the stupidity, like they ride around. And it just like explodes mm-hmm. or it's shot. It's also kind of beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's like, who cares? We don't need to see. It's a raid. <laughs> he makes like zero sense throughout the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who wants to see anything anyway? <laughs> and then, like, once they get to, you know, they're like, oh, the candy, whatever. What was it again? Yeah, Candyland. Can- yeah, Candyland. Candyland. It's like the biggest. It's the best. And I was expecting them to like, you know, face an army or something. But like, they didn't. They just like went straight to this dude, watching, like Madingo fights. I think they called it. Like just two yeah. men fighting to their death. Yeah. Just yeah. kind of chilled there. And like the house didn't seem super big either. No, but yeah. they went to Candyland afterwards that was probably just some part of candyland or some part in mississippi because i think that whole oh, ranch ooh. is considered candyland oh true 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 true. okay okay that makes sense something what did you uh-huh. think of like the um the usage of text in the middle of like they had a long and successful winter or something like that and then oh just, that thing lots of them in the uh, in the beautiful nature with some beautiful music and mm-hmm. 
it just jumps further in time. I mean, I I think it was I think it was like well done the way they jumped in time because like it actually seemed like there was a time jump and it wasn't just like cutting from one place to another. Like yeah. they were only cutting from one time to another time, right? The place it remained the same. And you could see how like they actually spent the winter doing stuff because like they built relationships with this like guy at the shed who was like, Yeah, come in, there's some cake from like someone's birthday. And he's fine with like Jamie yeah. Foxx riding on a horse. So like he knows who these people are. And that just kinda helps show how like over time they were like playing a big role in this community. Yeah. And I think that was done pretty well. You know what scene I found kind of weird was when they mm-hmm. were sitting like between some stones. I think it was at night or something. And then mm-hmm. uh, the uh, doctor started telling the story of Zygmunt and uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hilde. Mm-hmm. And then Jamie Foxx looked like a little kid listening. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I understand it. But still, mm-hmm. it seemed a little weird. He was so... Little, yeah, like, childish. Yeah, no, no, I think what they tried to do... Okay, this is where, like, some inconsistencies come in, right? Because throughout the movie, it's shown as though Jimmy Fox basically, like... Okay, basically lives like a white man, like... Lives like the white man did back then, you know? Like, he can shoot, he he rides a horse now, and he's totally fine at it. He, like, ha- he can talk with, like manners he wears like his chosen clothes so it's like he's not the same as the slaves yeah at all it's kind of shown and then they kind of try to show his like slave side where no one ever told him a story or anything and then so like a child only reacts that way to like a story because it's his for his his or her like first time hearing that story and then jamie fox when he, it's like his first time hearing the story, he reacts in a childish way. But then it kind of messes up, like, his character that was built to be shown as someone that's, like, different from other slaves. Yeah. I Yeah, I think that's, like, where the inconsistencies cut in. And it's just the inconsistencies that, like, got it down from a 10 to an 8.5. Yeah, but maybe it was also just to show us, like, his extreme interest in like the story that has the name of his wife and mm-hmm. all of that, like maybe his more playful or romantic side, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. But know. I, I just remember um, Christopher Waltz saying, or Christopher Waltz saying that like mm-hmm. um, uh, it's a big thing for a German to meet a real life <laughs> Siegfried. Oh yeah, Siegfried. yeah. That was, that was funny. Yeah. It was. And the. Yeah. It was still kind of weird though. Like, why were they wasting time when they could have just gone and gotten his wife back? In the time, they were just kind of like chilling and killing people. You know, I get it. Like Mississippi's hard and stuff, but like. Couldn't they have just spent, like, one month killing people instead of all the winter? No. Yeah, but I think they just wanted to get over the winter, basically. 
Kremlin, not to show. Yeah. So then they had that scene with where there's the first fight. And mm-hmm. um like Leonardo DiCaprio is first introduced. And there's mm-hmm. some really nice tension between Leonardo DiCaprio's character and Jamie Foxx's character. Yeah. And also Leonardo DiCaprio really portrays like a madman very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but That's I just really like the also the pushing comments or the absurdity of Jamie Foxx's character of mm-hmm. how he like um just yeah, he's just a very harsh guy. I don't know how you what kind of character yeah, it actually is. You don't really see any of it before. Oh no, wait, never mind. Actually, when they're like talking about going to Mississippi, Christoph Waltz's character does tell Django to like act like a like a high class. He's told to act like a black slave owner. Yeah, and yeah. And then Django says that, that is basically the lowest thing one could be. And except, then he's except a black house like master or something he says yeah but then yeah, like yeah. they come to some conclusion or agreement that he can yeah. play his way yeah yeah i guess i guess that's kind of fixed then and then there's um i mean and then there's like samuel l jackson's character which i think was yeah wait wait wait, wait wait oh yeah, yeah skipping over the scene with the dog Damn, I'm sorry. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. When he oh, like good. gets ripped apart by the dog. Yeah, that was like, that was a good scene, I think, in my well, uh, because there was so much tension in that scene, the tension yeah. between so many different things. Obviously, yeah. there was the tension between the guy who couldn't or didn't want to fight anymore, and uh, Candy, Monsieur mm-hmm. Candy. Then there was the <laughs> tension between. Uh, the Django and that guy, because obviously Django felt sorry for him, but he had to uh, stay in character. Then yeah, there was yeah. the tension between uh, Calvin and or Candy and uh, Christopher Waltz's character, Dr. Mm-hmm. King Schultz, because uh-huh. uh, he was not used to that and he was so set back by it that he uh, almost to uh, offer to pay him free, which almost broke his character. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or, their illusion that they were there for buying fight a fighter. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was like, also the way like Jamie Fox when like Jamie Fox stopped him, because like I was thinking he would just pay for him and it would get over with. I didn't think it would be that important, but you realize the importance of them staying in their character when Jamie Fox stops him from buying the man his freedom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because he realizes that, oh, yeah. you know, the, like, maniacal character of Leonardo DiCaprio would realize that he isn't here to buy fighters. That was, that was pretty good. Exactly. Yeah. And before that, I think, actually, there was the scene where he's going on the horse and then he's insulted. So he just um, takes the other guy down from the horse. Yeah, yeah. In front of everyone. Oh yeah, that was so like, and then the, 
And then you see how much Leonardo DiCaprio wants the money and wants to act nice. Because, like, he's like, yeah. yo, his leg is broken. And he's like, no harm done, none taken. <laughs> and then, yeah, let's talk about Samuel Jackson's character. Like, mm-hmm. I love the scene when they arrive and he comes out. And he himself, mm-hmm. being a black man, is so confused about the black man on the horse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a comedy. He's like, what's this guy doing on a horse? <laughs> so I don't have a problem with this, but there's a guy, yeah, yeah. He just keeps on talking about it. It was so good. But like directly after that, this detention is really brought back in. They're brought back in with the mention of the wife of Django. And you can like see that he almost pulled the trigger, uh, the trigger or that he was like mm-hmm. tearing or something. Oh yeah, when they like get her from the hot box, I think they call it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And he wants to like kill everyone already, so you see how unstable he gets when it comes to the topic of his wife. Yeah, but I guess that is hard, but Yeah. That was that was pretty well done too. Yeah. Um and then there's the big dinner. Then there's the big dinner. Wait, before the big dinner though, when um, Christoph Waltz, you know, gets Django to meet, uh, what's her name again in the movie? Brumhilda. Brumhilda. Brumhilda von Schaft or something, I think. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, Brumhilda. When he like gets Django over to his room so he can meet his like wife, and she just faints. Yeah. That was on point because like the tension wasn't over yet, so we so they didn't want to do a scene where they were both relieved, right? You couldn't have that scene, otherwise they would have had to like add tension again by talking about you know like telling. It would be it would have been something like true, true. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that is genius. Actually, just keeps the tension. Just keeps the tension because like if they were relieved and like started hugging, then they would have had to bring like the tension back in artificially it would have been something like Django telling Broomhilda like this isn't over yet we're gonna do this which would have been cliche exactly and Quentin Tarantino I yeah that man makes a lot of movies none of them are cliche so like when he you, makes the cliche yeah, yeah and the fact that like she faints I was like yo this is genius right here like this is so smart by him because he he's like kept the tension going with comedic relief and we don't we don't have any kind of like awkward meeting and he doesn't have to come up with a way of like showing the audience how they met again after all this time you know like yeah yeah, yeah there's like no appropriate reaction so he just doesn't need to give a reaction i guess in this in this like context yeah I love how she just pours the water and then faints. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, she gets the like work done, and then she's like, "Wait a second, time to faint." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then, then the big dinner. You, yeah, but you can yeah. just see like Stephen. I think that was his name. Anyway, the yeah. character of Samuel Jackson. Oh, yeah. he's just so like he doesn't trust them and he just sees the connection immediately oh yeah 
you see that he's this like sinister old man that's like sold out his soul to be this like kind of black slave owner almost exactly and, and but apparently his father was that too for... yeah so like he's so into being the black slave owner that he just can't stand other black slaves enjoying any kind of comfort yeah exactly he's like i should be the only one doing this because i had to sell my soul out for this they didn't sell their soul out why should they get comfort you know yeah uh, yeah i don't know if that is his reasoning but still i get what you mean yeah yeah and it was it was on point acting by samuel l jackson again i mean he didn't drop a he didn't drop a motherfucker but like <laughs> i think it was pretty that samuel l jackson <laughs> yeah no he plays the character extremely well that must have been a difficult character to play as well yeah. but it's so well played and then how he just i also love how quickly candy from like this really nice guy he's mm -hmm. uh, informed and then he just turns twists to be this mean guy everyone knows him to be mm -hmm. like then you oh yeah you're actually not here to buy in place you just wanted broomhilda blah 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 yeah and then he like sells broomhilda for like twelve thousand, i think yeah yeah right and, and like keep in mind this is like pre-civil war period when twelve thousand was like a shit ton of money yeah an absolute shit ton like a ridiculous price yeah yeah but also i mean you could i don't know if it was put in there to showcase his mad uh, madness or something but mm -hmm. his interactions with his widowed sister were really weird oh yeah yeah, yeah. he was like yeah. almost showing her off and stuff yeah yeah it was like it was a trophy he still owned exactly exactly yeah well i pulled up yeah. an inflation calculator and the furthest back it can go is 1914 <laughs> 12000 back in 1914 was already 315000 in today's days in today's yeah. numbers so he paid like a million back then <laughs> exactly you know which and you know this other guy who kept uh, being around um, Candy's character, the one guy with the hat. The one guy the, with. Uh, he looked. I don't know. To me, he looked British almost. Oh, the you guy mean? With the hat the you mean stuff. like Billy Crash or something? That guy. Possibly, yeah. Uh, the guy played by Walton Goggins. Possibly, I'm not sure. <laughs> You're not sure. Maybe I could find you a picture. But I think the guy mm -hmm. with the big black hat and black suit, basically. Uh-huh. Oh, no, not this guy, I think. Not that guy? No, I'll send you a picture, too. But this other guy, um, who was always just a little bit in the background, who he was also there at the first meeting of them when they were fighting, and I think he played Oh, pool. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that guy. To, to me, yeah, he I'm not British. sure who it was. But yeah, yeah, I know who you mean, though. But, I know who yeah, you he, mean. His character was somewhat distracting, I thought, but it was good.
but it didn't quite get its place or get its yeah. function. Yeah, I don't think he like made like if he were removed from the movie, I think the movie would have done better. Well, maybe. Straight up. Like if he were yeah. just not in the movie, there would be less distraction and nothing would be taken away from the plot. I guess. Yeah. But then I love the scene of like how the Christopher Waltz like they almost get out of there paying the 12,000. Mm -hmm. He can accept to be a loser because his plan didn't work. But then he has to shake hands and he really, really doesn't want to shake hands. And he yeah. just like repeatedly asks, do I have to? Like, do you do insist? Blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. And then he just shoots him straight through the flower. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where I think his character gets inconsistent. But um... Why? So, I'll I'll let you finish what you were going to say about the flower thing, if you wanted to say anything else. Well, I just thought it was somewhat poetic to just shoot him through the flower. But oh. I didn't actually think it broke his character, because he was that somewhat arrogant character that always had to push everything um, close to the edge. But oh, yeah. It's still, still part of his mastery, still part of his plan, where he had everything under control and that was one time where he didn't have any or uh, everything under control and he mm -hmm. just couldn't couldn't accept that and he just couldn't live with that i mean he didn't have that much to live for anyway so um he just like basically his pride got the better of him i don't know it feels like okay so I do agree with the point where you're like he pushes everything kind of to the edge to be like the showman, you know, yeah. when, like like shooting people in front of like group like crowds that are trying to kill him. But it's it's a bit weird because he's like really calm and calculated throughout the movie, and then right at the end where he could have just shaken his hand and left, he shoots him. And that's but not just like he couldn't Wait. let his oh, ego sorry. be hurt like that or his pride. Yeah, but what I would have expected from the character is that like he would have left, you know, and then killed him another day. Like, like Django. To kill him right after, yeah. I guess so. But then he would have still uh, like gave up his pride for that moment or for that instance. And he knew he would have lost. So... Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. Oh, maybe. I mean, he did lose a lot of money as well. So maybe that's why. Maybe he was like, you know, it's not worth living anyway. Might as well keep my pride when I die. Yeah, but I'm just not sure. For him, I think it was more about the pride than for the money. Like, the first time I watched the movie, honest to God, I didn't really understand. I thought he could have just went out and they got their thing. But now watching uh -huh. it the second time... Uh, like a couple years later, having grown up a little bit more, mm -hmm. I just, I really think it's just a pride thing or ego thing that he couldn't get over. That's why he, like, he kept insisting that he didn't want to shake his hand because he knew it was either killing him or mm -hmm. like somehow his pride was a little bit betrayed, but they got what they want, uh, wanted. Oh, but 
I guess it's arguable. Yeah, well, I I I still think it's a flaw in his character. Like it's not consistent. I think it is consistent. I really think it just shows how because in some way he was also a maniac. He had to push everything to the edge. Well, like, he did, but like even though he pushed everything to the edge, he always had a fallback plan, right? He always had his warrants, he always had safety. So I would have expected his character to do something clever where, like, I don't know, like, plant a bomb or something. So, like, he leaves after shaking his hand and then, like, all of them die. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have expected him to kill himself, basically. True. You know, that's kind of unex- that's kind of unexpected for me. But I think that's what makes the good, uh, the movie good as well, because to me, it's reasonable what he did. But obviously, he could have uh, done it in different ways. But that's what I liked about the movies. There's lots of scenes that are unexpected. I guess. And then afterwards, there's that big shootout with just like red oh, paint yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Just red paint everywhere. And then like Django gets, you know, like he ta- this dude takes his wife hostage. He gives up, surrenders. And then I'm like, yeah, this is where either the movie ends or he does something like big and leaves. Yeah, but like... And then the thing goes movie, on for 30 more minutes. But you know, like a normal movie mm-hmm. would have ended probably just like at that scene without Christopher Waltz shooting the guy. And they would have just left. And that could have been an ending. And that yeah. could have been a good movie as well. But it just continues for another like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, adds well, so much more depth to it. Yeah, and then like him getting enslaved again, it's like yeah, all hope is lost. And then you know yeah. he's talking about killing him, but then you see how Samuel L. Jackson. Even like first, you think he's being kind, right? He like he's kind of looking out for. I don't. I guess you could say like his people. Like at the time they were like separated, so like he's kind of looking out for like his people by stopping the guy from torturing him to death, right? Yeah. And then he goes, yeah, because this is even worse. Exactly. And talks about how he will, like, send his wife off somewhere else. And you realize that, like, Samuel L. Jackson's character is, like, sinister beyond redemption. Yeah, exactly. But, like, in his whole conversation... You can understand, like, they had, like, so many different options for what they wanted to do with him because he was such a special or unique guy to them. Like, yeah. But then sister came up with that, and then they yeah. thought that was the best for the mining company. But, like, they thought about giving him to the dogs, but that was not special enough to yeah. castrate him and all of that. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, torture isn't special enough for him. And the fact that Samuel L. Jackson, someone who, like, thinks so highly of himself that, like, other black people shouldn't even be close to his level, like, sits down and spends time to think about what the best punishment would be, that also kind of helps show how important the character of Django is throughout the movie. Yeah. And then, like... The fact that, I don't know, it's like, you know, you, you're you kind of hoping for 
Samuel Jackson to be the ex machina, to be the like guy that turns right at the end and then saves him somehow. But he just doesn't. And I think that also helps the movie because you're kind of like hoping for Django, right? And I guess like from his perspective, I guess he would also be hoping for some kind of saving. Yes. Right? And then like Samuel L. Jackson just makes it even worse. Yeah. That's just yeah. That that's pretty good, like to make the viewer have kind of a first person view, like a POV from Jamie Foxx's standpoint. And then the scene that comes afterwards, I also like like first of all, what do you think of like directors putting themselves into a mo- their movie? I I am not sure about it because you know when I watch the movie, I know who Quentin Tarantino is, right? Yeah. And so, like, if you don't know the di- director, you think it's just another extra and it it's nothing special, and he gets to have his fun as well of like being in the movie. But if you know that it's the director, no matter like how serious or how funny the like scene is, you just focus on the fact that. Ooh, the director put himself into the movie, you know. Exactly, because and that kind of like fucks it up for me. His character was played well, but when he was yeah. acting, I was thinking like, okay, he directed himself to act like that, and all yeah. of that, like, it's just too much in some way. Yeah, it's a it's a little much. I think it would have been but, better if he had like a smaller role. Of just like well, showing up in the background small. somewhere or something, like not. But I do like, uh-huh. I do like the idea of like the director putting himself like in the movie a little bit. I think it's actually not too bad, but obviously there's that uh, negative aspect to it which you just mentioned. But like the idea of it, imagine being director and you just somewhat almost like an Easter egg. You're in the movie as well. Well, no, it's just, like, so it's, he shouldn't have solo screen time. He should have screen time. He shouldn't have solo screen time. Quentin Tarantino has solo screen time in this. But it was just, like, 20 seconds. It was 20 seconds, but it was solo screen time. Like, if he would have had one minute of screen time with, like, two other people from the mining company... That would have been better than 20 seconds of solo screen time. Yeah, possibly. I feel like. But then, like, the next thing is then just Django starts talking, and this is the scene where I think he reflects his learning process and his time with Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Schultz so well because he Mm -hmm. basically learned the art of manipulation, of talking Mm -hmm. and sounding convincing and all of that, which before no one believed like usually that's the thing white people did in that time which is also why he said like would a slave talk like that or something like yeah, he yeah, uses yeah. and he thought every aspect of the plan like he considered everything like when they asked the fighters um when did these guys come to the plantation and stuff it all mm-hmm. fit into his plan which yeah, yeah, yeah. convinced the somewhat ignorant mining people and he mm-hmm. just shoots them yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was that was pretty good too, I guess. And then in the end, he just walks in, kills everyone. 
you know yeah again that like kind of shows but, off like that he's a natural at killing but just just before that i think it's mm-hmm. also a very good paradox because um they come from a funeral basically mm-hmm. to be assassinated oh yeah 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 that that's pretty cool too that's and um... then again we, we see like the perception of steven's character because like yeah everyone can go not you steven you stay right there yeah, yeah, that was pretty good too. And also, um, he stops his sister, and then just shoots her in the head, like without even she looking just at flies her. Flies back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was. I you just gotta love Quentin Tarantino's like over exaggerated action scenes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the bitch flew like at least fifty feet. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. funny. And then uh, also like shooting Stephen in the knees. Steven's like, yeah. I've seen all kinds of shit. You know, you can't torture me. I've, I know what everything feels like and how to cope with the pain. And then he like shoots him in the knees. And then we yeah. finally get the motherfucker. You know, we finally get the Samuel L. Jackson punchline. <laughs> that, that's and what then... I was there for. <laughs> but the, I mean, the ending is somewhat. How would you say cliche like them riding out on like a burnt exploded Yeah, it's also house. it's also like but it throughout fits so well. I don't know. Like throughout the movie they're talking you know they're focusing so hard on like not killing people without reason. Like having warrants and stuff. And then this man's just killed like half a village and like mining company workers in the middle yeah, of nowhere like, with slaves but, as like witnesses. But you could analyze this as his um his the rules that kept him in place christopher mm-hmm. waltz basically the doctor um they died away and basically he went through so much shit now he just doesn't care anymore like it's oh, a spiral like out of control thing exactly i guess i mean yeah i guess also like in mississippi they disregard the law a lot because <laughs> yeah you know, they were trying to torture Django, then they sell him to a mining company, even though Django's a free man, and they have, like, no right to buy him. And they don't have a bill of sale, as Christoph Waltz yes. keeps, you know, mentioning. You need a bill of sale. Yeah. And and, and it kind of fits Django's character as well, because he's, like, this slightly, like, mentally unstable person who just, like, can't... Who's not as calm as calculated... As Dr. King Schultz. Yeah, that is true. But I do think Django is very, very calculated. And yeah. he had to learn it first. Yeah, compared to other people, he is. But, like, he's not as calm and calculated as Dr. Schultz. So he doesn't, like, think through everything. But he thinks through, like, you know, the main stuff. I guess. And plans his way back, kills them, gets his wife back. Technically, yeah. Then, like, they live happily ever after, I guess, or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, if you put it that way, the ending sounds a little bit cheesy, but in reality, mm-hmm. the ending really wasn't that cheesy, which is what I appreciated a lot. And I think we should talk about yeah, the yeah. horses as well, because yeah. um, I liked how so many scenes were shot on the horses. It just had such a different feel to the whole movie. And Django on a horse really looked cool, especially when all the other people had to walk. Yeah, yeah. The horse riding thing, that's just what gets me. It's like, 
I know I've al- always thought like horse riding, it's got like a different kind of swag. I agree, totally. And then Jamie Foxx on a horse is like swag squared, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, for example, when he was on the horse and approached Candy, that was really interesting to see. <laughs> Just the, yeah. the power differences there. And also when he mm-hmm. pushed the other people off the horse and uh, Candy just had to watch. I think it's like, I think most of it's on point. Definitely, definitely. You know, That's the greatest it's, it's of It's all movie. pretty good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. As, as a viewer who doesn't overanalyze movies. <laughs> Shut up. I mean, we just overanalyzed it, but like... As a viewer who wouldn't have overanalyzed the movie unless I was doing a podcast with another friend who definitely overanalyzes movies, <clears throat> I liked the movie, and I wouldn't have noticed most of the shit I talked about. Yeah, same for me, actually. It was just because yeah. I watched it a second time, and now I'm extremely critical of movies because I just know a lot more about how they're made Yeah. Um, and the story behind them that I think we analyzed so much of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But I do mm-hmm. agree with you. This is a very good movie and a very good take on the typical Western. Mm-hmm. And generally, Quentin Tarantino's movies, I think, are some of the best movies out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they never really bore you. And it's always some interesting. Uh-huh. Just like one example is all the fight scenes. They're super interesting, even though they're totally bloody. Yeah, That's the thing. I try not to focus on the little things too much because... In the like at the end of the day, when we're watching a movie, w- like the little things you don't actually notice them consciously. Yeah. You notice them subconsciously. Right. So they're supposed to True. just add to the bigger things. They aren't supposed to be their own little thing. But you do notice them. Though. Yeah, yeah. So like. Subconsciously, still noticing. I feel like a good movie is one where I don't have to bring up the little things to talk about the big things. You know what I mean? That is true. Like, you have enough big things to talk about. But the little things shouldn't be yeah, forgotten. Yeah. I think they're still very important. Yeah, that's the thing, too. I've only watched it once. Yeah, and as I said before, I watched it twice and um, over a span of a couple of years. So I had a lot of time to think about it unconsciously and the little things could work on me two times as opposed to you, where they could just work on you one time. But generally, I think we still have very similar opinions on this movie. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm gonna... Yeah, I'm gonna repeat what I said for Revenant. Leonardo DiCaprio, amazing actor, should have gotten an Oscar for this movie. Why Revenant? Uh, Well, (laughs) I mean, technically I agree, but not really. There's so many movies he's done, and he's such a great actor in all of them. Yeah. Why did Revenant have to be the one where he gets an Oscar? I think that's debatable. You know, he could have gotten one for Titanic, one for Wolf of Wall Street, one for Inception, one for The Departed, one for Catch Me If You Can. Catch Me If You Can, amazing movie, by the way. We should do that sometime. One for Shutter Island. He could have gotten, like, he had so many chances. I don't disagree with you. I really don't, but... Why Revenant? You know what? I've done this rant already. Let's... Let's not beat a yeah, dead please. horse. Like Quentin Tarantino did in his movie. <laughs> okay. At the end, they actually put, like, no horses harmed. That was such a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to make that joke, though. Obviously.
So, should we sum it up? Who would you recommend this movie to? Uh, we didn't talk about the soundtrack, but I recommend this movie to everyone. It's very important. The soundtrack. Yes, yes, the soundtrack. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it was on point. Because, like, it had the hard beats for all the, like, climax kind of scenes. Yeah. It had the soft beats for, like, the time skips. It had the melody for the horse riding. It had the rap when, like, you saw Jamie Foxx riding a horse <laughs> with, like, glasses on and, like, looking full on swagger. It was perfect. It had, like, everything for, like, it was as if the movie was made and then, like, some, and then the artist sat down and made the soundtrack while watching the movie. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I'd even listen to this right? music, um, like, off screen without the movie. I think it's that good. And it's just that image Yeah, but, evoking. like, it still counts as a soundtrack. If yeah, you put a bunch of songs together in a certain way for a movie. Yeah, I just don't know if it was specifically composed for that or if you use pre-existing songs. But I guess you're right. Oh yeah, that I I guess that's. Yeah, but still, like soundtrack yeah, score, whatever it. we call it, <laughs> it's a very um, very well made, and I think it's one of my favorites of all time. Mm-hmm. I think we can both agree on that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That that was nice too. I like how they don't talk about the people. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> and technically, they cannot say no people were harmed doing this movie because you know the Leonardo DiCaprio scene you were just talking about. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no horses harmed. I guess they have to say. So they harmed more people than they harmed horses. Yeah, but they faked harming the people and the horses, I guess as well. But I guess Leonardo. <laughs> I guess Leonardo DiCaprio harmed himself in right. one scene, but they had to continue. Sum it up? Yeah. All right. So what are you going to say? Everyone? Yeah, everyone. I think... From a certain age. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good movie. I think... I wouldn't say it's the age that matters. I would say everyone that... Like isn't super sensitive because you know <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of profanity in the movie and there's a lot of gore and there's Definitely. like they use the n-word a lot you know <clears throat> yeah. but that's just you know to make like a historical representation everyone that can uh-huh yeah everyone that can um that can watch the movie should watch the movie it's like unless you mm -hmm. faint if you see blood or something like that but it's so comedic in these that it doesn't almost seem real. So I think almost everyone could watch it from like oh. six on or eight on. Mm -hmm. Because it also has like a arc that you can focus on. And it's not just bloody scenes one after another. But it... Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So if you don't get butt hurt, like three seconds into someone saying shit you know i think you should watch this movie <laughs> and you should watch it in one piece you shouldn't like yeah yeah watch it pause in the middle and watch the rest yeah you should watch it in one piece because it's hard to remember it's a long movie it's hard to remember everything. yeah i think i made this uh, that mistake when i watched it the second time that i watched it in like two parts mm -hmm. and it's just a different movie uh-huh and it's so different it's weird but like as one piece it's amazing yeah, if you watch it once, I think it'll be more impactful. Definitely. That that's my recommendation so far. Yeah, I think 
I can cite on that. Anything you would like to add? Uh, not particularly. Not really. No. You? I also really like the line when mm -hmm. he says, um, you had my uh, interest, but now you have my curiosity or something. I think oh, yeah, yeah. that was like, you had my attention, now you have my curiosity, yeah, yeah. I think. That was really good. Curiosity, I think, he says. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. curious. Yeah, that now was... You have my... Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty good, too. Classic, classic. So, movie for next week. What are we doing next week? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I mm, there's a comedy we could do. Maybe a shorter movie. Oh yeah, okay. definitely. We should. Yeah, with so much going on, we should definitely do a short movie. Um, yeah. Any ideas? Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not really sure which one we should do next. Yeah, I don't know. Nah, I kind of wanna. I kind of wanna make this a thing where we decide on the movie during the podcast. How about? Um. Okay. Let's decide here then. Okay. We. Um, we yeah. could do Catch Me If You Can. But that's kind of long. Or we could do some comedy movie for once. You know, like we've been sticking to Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, yeah. yeah. War Dogs. We could Ooh. do War Dogs. How could we watch that? We could do The Interview. That's like a shitty but funny comedy movie. The Interview? Haven't watched it. Yeah, that's perfect. And let's try doing that. Oh. Oh, let's skip that. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about politics. Oh God damn it! All right, we're doing the interview. It's then. not very political. All right, interview it is for next week. Then. Yeah, um, yeah, the interview, I guess. I, I, I will right after the podcast. Okay, yeah. Oh, thanks for tuning perfect. in. Um, tune in next week for the interview, apparently, because that's what we're doing <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed. Yeah, hopefully. Um. This is Sam, and goodbye. And I'm Casper, and have a nice day.